Thank you for tuning in to the Carter Effect Podcast, where we will discuss faith, family, football, and life. My name is Nathan Carter, and I have the privilege and honor to speak to you today. So please feel free to sit back and relax as we dive into today's episode. God bless. Well, guys, this is one way to start episode. Welcome to the Car Effect Podcast with your host, Nathan Carter. And if you cannot already hear with all the laughter, I am not alone. Last episode, we had my boy Caleb Coley in the building. We got some more guests, some more brothers in Christ who are here, and uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. So go ahead, Mr. Jonathan Kim. My name is Jonathan Kim. <laughs> what else? Am I what, do you, what else do you want to know about me? What year are you in, Jonathan Kim? I'm a fifth year. Mm, what sport do you play, Jonathan Kim? Football. Football. Woo! You know what I mean. My name is Normal. I'm a second year at Michigan State. I'm on the cross country and track team, so we the superior sport. Dang. Dang. Go ahead, Matt. Matt, Matt Zaliki, sophomore, cross country track, just like Noah Morrow here. Mm. <laughs> what? 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 Huh? Throwback. Okay, first day out the crib. It's not a big deal. Go to the corner store and I buy me a drill. I ain't sipping lean, but you know I drink water. What? Water at the fountain, holy water, got the father. Father by my side, Jesus King, he gon' ride. Every day I'm stepping, cause God is by my side. My name is Caleb <laughs> Coley. <laughs> Nate likes me so much, he let me come back again for another episode, man. It's just truly a blessing. To know this young man right here, he is an angel sent by Christ. And I'm grateful for our relationship. And I'm grateful to get into today's topic. Thank you, my brother. Indeed. That was a that was a good little way to introduce yourself. Thank man. you. Thank you. Can you, you know, teach me how to spit like that? So man? really what it is is just let your personality flow. You know what I'm saying? God has blessed each of us with very different and intricate ways of being who we are. <laughs> oh yeah. You understand me? Oh yeah. So what you really gotta do is just embrace all of you mm. by keeping him the center and Ooh. letting him use you. Ooh. Amen. 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 Go ahead. Spit something, Matt. You know, let's like get on it. <laughs> I've seen Matt try to spit before. Ain't nobody want to see that on the podcast. So, man, next podcast. Man. Next podcast. Ooh. Oh, hold on, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, see, po- now, oh, you gotta, oh. now you got to stand on business. Okay, hold on. Let's just, just so we clarify. Next podcast. We'll see. Got- if, we'll see if Nate Carter brings me back. Oh. 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 Next, uh, no, I'm gonna make some. I'm gonna bring Matt back next podcast, hey. just so he can <laughs> spit a bar for us. Woo-hoo. Y'all had to hear it first. Hey, you, can't, you can't back out. Now, I guess bro. we'll see what happens. Listen, y'all, what are we talking about today? Um, so we about today? today we just gonna be very real and authentic. There is no topic except the topic of topics. You understand? So I, I just wanna, I just wanna hop into something that I feel like could be something. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about comparison. But comparison in the aspect of comparing yourself to other Christians and what they're doing, like in their lives. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So, I wonder, I wonder if um, 
Uh, let's see. Any anybody got any ideas that jump out to them about this comparison? Well, to other I've pieces? always heard the quote: "Comparison is thief of joy." Facts. You know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, us as athletes, you know, it's 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 hard for us to not compare, right? Because we always compare. Our sport is always based off our performance. So if you don't perform to the level that people expect us to, then I mean, we just ain't going to play, right? That's just that's just how it is. So we often compare ourselves to, well, I do this better than this person or they do that better than that person. And I don't know, if there, is there healthy comparison? Like, is there a way where you can compare to someone in a healthy way? Like, mm-hmm. man, like I see that this person is very good at that aspect and I want to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, is there such thing as healthy and negative comparison? What do y'all think about that? I definitely believe there is an aspect of healthy comparison. So I would say... An aspect of healthy comparison would be like if you and your brother, y'all are well not actual you and your friend, y'all are y'all are y'all are on telling each other about like sins that you struggle with mm-hmm. and then your brother's like, I I did this and this helped me like stop doing this, you could be like, Okay, I'm gonna compare what I'm doing to what he's doing and allow that to help me do better because I realize that he's doing better because of this, so I'm gonna try and do the same thing so I can get the same results. But it has to come from a mind, like a heart of humility and not like comparing yourself in a different way. Like he's bringing this many people to church. So I got to. Oh, actually, that might be good. Like he's bringing this many people to church. So I'm just like, OK, I want to bring this many people plus more to church, like a competition kind of. I'd be careful with that mindset, yeah. though, because you're not worried about numbers necessarily. Like for me, if I'm trying to invite a bunch of people to church, I'm not worried about, oh, is this person coming? Is this person coming? Because then I feel like. It's a numbers game, and I'm judging myself like, oh, I got four people to come to church today, so I did a good job, but Jesus loves me less today because I only brought two people to church this time, so I failed. You know what I mean? I think it's just really not viewing people as projects in terms of numbers, so just be careful with that kind of comparison, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because then again, like, just thinking about that, like, like, we could try to view that in a healthy aspect, but in reality, it's like, man, like, like do I do I am I a failure because I didn't bring X amount of people to church, right? Or even looking at our walk with Christ, like we may see someone who's quote unquote stronger in their walk than someone else. So it's like, man, like I'm just not. I just I must you know suck in my walk with Christ because I ain't reading the Bible as much as they are. I ain't praying as much as they are, right? And like I said, it all goes back to a performance based mindset, which is not what the gospel is about at all. Um, so so that's why I asked the question: Is there such thing as healthy comparison? Because I don't know. Right? I've always I've always come from the mindset of like I said, comparison. To th- is a thief of joy so you have to be content in, in where you are at and understanding that as a christian as a follower of jesus that your the process of sanctification is different for everybody and that if you try to compare your walk with christ to someone else's it's going to hurt yours mm-hmm. you know because like i said like like if i view brother like caleb like man like caleb he just he can just just spit out bible verses like this you know and like i can't do that i may look at myself as less than because of that and that's going to affect my walk across because now I'm like, okay, well, there's no point for me. I can't reach Caleb to the level he's at, so what's the point of me even trying to grow? You know what I mean? So, Yeah, that definitely changed my mind. Thank you, Noah, because I was thinking that it could be like a healthy thing, but comparison, no, nah, it's not really a good thing. And I it think like, seem like it. Can I go? <laughs> so, sorry, Caleb Coley. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can I go? I think uh, something for me is like when we try to compare, like like Noah said, <laughs> with people coming to Christ, like it's not on us. Like we're taking God's responsibility. 
um, with trying to bring people to Christ when all we can do is plant the seeds. And, and uh, us, us trying to put God's job on us is just not going to work. So we just have to put our trust in him and plant the seeds and leave the rest to him. Yeah. Amen. And I would say, like, with comparison comes ideology. Like, you start uh, idolizing certain things. Like, once you start comparing yourself to other people, you're like, oh, I want to be like that. And then it co- turns into, how do I get like that? How can I become better than them? And then once you, like, if you don't get to that standard that you set for yourself, how do you look at yourself? Is that going to affect how you act and how you feel about yourself? Because if it comes to that, then at that point it becomes an idol because the only person or the only thing that should affect your mindset or who you are and your happiness should be Jesus. Why do you think it's so easy for us to compare ourselves to others? Social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm saying whether that's with sports or whether that's with just our walk as Christians, like what what makes it so easy for us to do that? I feel like I feel like as a whole, like I feel like since we've grown up, we've been comparing ourselves to other people in the sense of like when you're in class and you get a grade on like an exam or a quiz or anything, like when you're little, then you see your grade, and but you also see like your classmates' grade beside you, and you're like, it either makes you happy based on how they did versus how you did. I feel like I feel like it's something that starts young, but it's like you don't realize that it's it started i think comparison comes from a lack of fulfillment you're looking for something else to fulfill you um rather than looking to christ to fulfill you like you're looking to your grades like caleb just said you're looking to your sport to fulfill you and you see other people at the highest level and you want to compare yourself to that and so you just try and get to be the best and you start comparing yourself i think comparison comes from a almost a desire to be better in a way like oh i'm comparing myself to somebody else for x y or z maybe they have a personality trait that i don't necessarily have that i admire and i think i try to be try to like compare myself to them to make myself better as a person but i feel like that becomes toxic so quickly you know just if i'm trying to act like somebody else then i'm not being uniquely who i am and uniquely who god made me and i feel like it's a dangerous game so Mm. you just gotta be careful with that you know yeah I think as as athletes, like especially in the culture today, we're just so competitive and beating one another. Like even mm. people on the same teams, like they're worried about who's gonna start, who's gonna compete, and who's gonna who's gonna travel. And instead of trying to like lift each other up and trying to li- like have the best people on on the field, on the course, on the track, or whatever, like we're so used to just trying to win and trying to trying to be that guy instead of just letting Jesus put put um the best guy out and trusting His plan. Yeah. Ain't that hard though? It is. Like like it's it's hard to be like like the way that this world operates compared to the kingdom of Christ. It's so it's so backwards, right? Christ says that the last are the greatest, right? And we think in this world it's like, oh no, if I'm if I'm the guy, if I'm the OG, you know, I'm I'm the best, you know, but and then like I said, it goes back to that ide ideology and wanting to idolize things and wanting to compare ourselves to other people and then and now like especially with sports, like we become <clears throat> bitter and jealous over teammates and we, we hate them to the point where it's like we don't even want them to succeed because all we can do is compare ourselves to them you know and that's disruptive too like that just creates a toxic and negative environment when you can look at your brother um or look at someone who's supposed to be your brother and be like i envy you because you're ahead of me or i envy you because you are you're, you're viewed as competition you know so like how how as athletes can we navigate through this because i guarantee you like we we were on a big campus right big time uh um i mean we play big time college football big time track athletics right big michigan state's a huge campus so how is us as the athletes how can we just operate in a way where we can be really humble in, in our and who we are 
but also understand like how can we not get away from the comparison game and not like envy our teammates or envy others is that does that make sense you know yeah so i think for me like especially when i first got here that was like a huge problem that i had you know because in high school like you know you're pretty good and and you can win races win championships this and that and then you get here and it's like holy cow like everybody's good you know everybody's a beast and so for me i would envy my teammates and it's like dang why am i not as talented as this guy or that guy like am i just not good enough what's what's that where's the disconnect there and i think i had somebody really really wise wise tell me that you know maybe you know if i was at any other campus i wasn't super strong like in my faith walk in high school um and i I think if i was anywhere else i wouldn't be near the cushion that i am today you know just god has done such amazing things here at msu and such amazing things in my life here at msu that maybe the only reason god gave me this running talent this running ability that he did was to get me here i wasn't supposed to go pro i wasn't supposed to be a big 10 champion i wasn't supposed to be this or that i was supposed to get here be connected with these guys like the beautiful christian men that we have in this room i was supposed to be yeah, connected beautiful. with these guys <laughs> you're a handsome man you're a handsome man mr carter thank you sir i agree so man, <laughs> so maybe that's the only reason i was supposed to get here you know <laughs> <coughs> oh man right. this dude johnny kim dying over here <coughs> so yeah maybe that's the only reason i was supposed to get here i just had enough talent to get to this level so god could put me in aia here and just develop me as a Christian and I wasn't supposed to do all those things and just coming to that realization and being genuinely okay with that mm. you know I yeah. think was a huge thing that helped me with that comparison because I don't need to be as talented as this guy or I don't need to win the title that this guy have has because God has done what he's done in my life to get me here and that's not to say I'm not going to do everything I can possibly do to improve to be better to be the right, best version right. of myself I can be but just being okay with the level of talent the level of ability that God has given me and just really being comfortable and uh, confident in that you know mm-hmm. I really, really I really appreciate the part you said Noah about being the best version of yourself like you you can only be the best version of yourself because if you strive to be better than somebody else better than somebody else might not be will not be the best version of yourself so you're putting limitations mm-hmm. on what God can do in your life mm-hmm. if that's your goal to just be better than somebody else mm-hmm. that's really good that's really good thank you <laughs> yeah that's good man that's good i want to i want to go back on the top the, when you mentioned social media bro because i feel like that's huge too i mean mm-hmm. we live in such a social media populated type of culture you know everything is just it's just all the highlights and stuff like that so like how can we as christians as followers of jesus and even as athletes how can we navigate through not getting caught up in the social media hype, you know, in the highlights of life. Um, see, that's a that's a great question, Nate. And honestly, I don't have an answer to that question, but I have something <laughs> that I personally do. So something that I do when I when I hop on the gram is like what I do <laughs> is I cut off I cut off like my like count so i don't know how many likes i get on pictures but then i also cut off everybody else's like count so when i go on instagram all i see is like pictures but no number of likes so i'm not like oh they got this many likes so uh, such and such and for the for the um first point like for me i got instagram late so like i wasn't really comparing myself to anybody when i got it but then i heard somebody say that um 
they struggle with a comparison on Instagram. So I just put up um, extra protection for myself. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to struggle with comparing myself to other people on Instagram. So I'm going to do this measure so that I can go ahead and protect something that might come. It was like floaties because I can't really swim. So when I get in the water, I need floaties. So when I'm on social media, the light count thing, those are my floaties. You know, it's hard to drown when you floating. You can't drown when you floating. <laughs> Unless Nate get on your back. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go, going, going with that, I think um, it's it's important to realize, like, what social media is and not take it out of context. Like, so many people will put, like, their best lives on social media and, like, just reminding yourself, like, this might not be out there, like, what's going on in their life. And um, there can be a lot more behind a picture that someone's smiling and, Remembering your, remembering your truths in Christ, like remembering you're accepted, secure, um, that you have the power of God, and whether you see someone else succeeding and you're you're either hurt um, or not not playing much, and that's what's really helped me lately um, with just seeing other people succeed. And it, it's tough, like it's a constant struggle of yeah. being envious mm-hmm. with um, yeah. with how when others do well and you're you're struggling. So it's a constant battle. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, lots of times you can get caught up in not necessarily being content in the situation that God has placed you in. You know, like if I'm looking, it's like, oh, so-and-so is traveling to this place or that place, or so-and-so is being so successful in their sport or this and that. You kind of lose that ability to look at where you're at right now and be happy in that, you know? Because where you're at right now, where God has placed you, you know, is a good spot and you should work and be the best version of yourself and do, do everything you can to make the best out of that situation because you're there for a reason, whether God's trying to teach you a lesson or whatever it is. So just being content and happy in that um, and in God's plan is just so huge and can so easily be lost when you get caught in social media. Exactly, Noah. Like, sometimes I think we can lose track of the fact that we're in the midst of what we prayed for. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I was praying that God would bless me with these offers. Got the offers, now I'm here. This is a this is what I prayed for, so why not be joyful in this blessing? You know what I'm saying? Why compare myself when I can be joyful in the middle of this blessing? Yeah, and I think that's also, like, you said it right there, like, it's never fulfilling. Like, for me, I was, like, went my entire high school career, and I was like, man, if I can just run D1 or win a state title, then that'll fulfill me. That's what I want. That's how I'll be loved, accepted, seen. And then I got that, you know. I got to, I'm here, I'm running at Michigan State, and I got to win that state title. And the second I got it, five minutes later, I was like, okay, like, now on to the next thing. Now I need to do well at nationals. Now I need to do well in college. You're never truly fulfilled in your sport, you know what I mean? You're never truly fulfilled. And it doesn't just relate to your sport you know whether that's your job you know if i get this promotion i'll be happy or if i get that girl i'll be happy but you'll never be fulfilled you'll you'll always be on to that next thing true fulfillment only comes in christ and i think comparison can just you can lose sight of that so quickly yeah yeah and also because like you're not you're not even focusing on christ you're in comparison Right, just like you're saying, like, how can I possibly focus on where God has me at if I'm not focused on Him? If I'm looking towards everybody else, if I'm looking towards the outside view, if I'm just comparing myself to everybody else, if I'm trying to make myself believe that, oh man, if I could just get this, if I can just get that, right? I can never be content. I can never be satisfied. I can never be fulfilled because I'm not focusing on Christ, right? The one that came to give me full life, the one that came to satisfy my life is the one that I'm not looking towards. And I'm looking towards all these different things um, that we just, that, that are never going to fulfill us. So I think, like I said, comparison just comes back to the fact of what are you focusing on, really, 
right? What, what, what are you truly focusing on? Are you focusing on Christ? Are you focusing on just trying to beat the next guy, right? Are you focusing on, man, like God has placed me here for a reason that's beyond just playing sports, but it's a platform, it's a, it's a resource that he has given me to, to really just sh- uh, spread his gospel into a large kingdom. Like when we have a better idea of why God has placed us where we're at, I feel like that, that's how we'll defeat comparison. When we're not looking towards outward, we're looking upward. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think I think comparison too is like a reason that we see so many people in the world with like depression, anxiety, all that yeah. stuff, and just dealing with that. Like people are struggling. Like they're looking for yeah. something. They're looking for an answer. And like you said, looking upward instead of outward. Um, like people are like, oh, I can't see God, but they just haven't looked for God. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think. People need to give Christ a shot instead of just trying to go for all these things that they think will satisfy them instead of just like, I don't know, just doing whatever they're doing. I think you got to be, that's great. And I think that's another part where us as Christians have to be super careful because if we see that, if we see somebody who's trying to fulfill it in other ways, whether that's with relationships, with drinking, with sports, and we're like, oh, I'm finding my fulfillment in Christ, so I'm somehow better than that person, that's a super terrible comparison that... So it's not just comparisons looking upward at other people who are better than us. It's comparison and judgment and looking at people who are, you know, maybe not quite as strong in their faith as we are and just being negative about that. You know, we got to check ourselves. And Matt, Matt, you said that um, giving Christ a shot, like, what does that look like? I think just honestly giving like your full surrender to God, like what he calls us to do. Um, Like we see in the Bible, like so many people are worried about giving things up, um, like whether it's drugs alcohol um sex all that like they think that it's a sacrifice to follow christ when it's truly a fulfillment and will bring true joy and it's hard to see like from the other side like we've all been there before we've truly put our faith in jesus but being on the other side you can see that the true happiness is found with christ and like noah said we're not we're not supposed to judge others we we're supposed to be the light um, for those, and they're they're thirsty. Our teammates are thirsty. Everyone who doesn't know Christ, and we're called to be there for them and be a light for them. All right, Matt. Matt, um, you say we're not supposed to judge others. What do you think about the idea of righteous judgment? That's good. Um, thank you. <laughs> okay, righteous judgment. I mean, I think we need to. It's it's not good to judge someone for things you've done in the past. Like I, I know personally something that I struggle with. I'm like, why, why is someone turning to this? Why is someone doing this when I've done the same things in my life? So it's not on me to call them out for that, but it's on me to, to be there for them, to, to provide another source, to be with them, be like, Hey, like I've struggled with this, explain to them, like I've been there, I've done that. And, and not in a toxic way, like put them down, but bring them up and be like, there's a better option. So. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Caleb Cooley. Yeah, I feel like um, that's definitely that's, that's definitely a topic that a lot of Christians debate about on on a debate upon. It's like okay, like what does it look like to um, because y'all all pull the verse, the, the all pull the verse where it says um, like don't uh when Jesus is talking in one of the gospels um to to I'm, I'm not sure if it's just his disciples or talking to a a multitude of people. He talks about don't look at another person's speck in the eye, like view your own speck in the eye. Think like you know, you got you guys know that verse. <clears throat> so it's like we all debate that that verse and be like, okay, like what well, what does that mean? Right? How, like what does that mean in the church? What does that mean to to non believers? 
I forgot where I heard this from. I think I was listening to a podcast, but it says something like, with people who don't know who Christ is, like the only thing you need to share them is about Jesus. Because imagine if, if I were to go to someone who doesn't know who Christ is and be like, man, like you're like, shame on you for doing what you're doing. They're not going to know what I'm, what I'm talking about, right? Because they don't know what sin is. They don't know who Jesus is, right? So it's not going to be mm-hmm. beneficial to me to go to an unbeliever and judge them on something that they don't even think they're, what they're doing is wrong. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's you know good. what I mean? Yeah. So that's why for that, for, like, for unbelievers, like the only thing you have to share with them is Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. Like like Jesus loves you, like the emptiness that's void in your heart, like you, you, you're, you're, it seems to me that you're, you're filling yourself with these things and you're feeling depressed and anxious. Listen, I have an answer for you. Mm. Now, that differs with people in the church because people within the church know who Jesus is. Talk about They it. know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. So the way, so, you, so when, when you're judging, I don't even want to say judging, but I, I mean, I guess it is judging, right, in, in a way. But like I said, it's righteous judgment to go to your brother in Christ and be like, hey, like this is not good for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and the way that we do it, I think, matters, too. Right. Like, I don't think we should go on a news station radio and be like, uh, Caleb Coley is uh, doing <laughs> such and such, yeah, you know, <laughs> but like go go to your brother in private. And I think this is where we get it wrong. Like once it goes back again, like we get so offended as followers of Jesus when when other Christians come to us and tell us, hey, like I see something that does not represent Christ and I love you, and the reason why I'm telling you this is because I love you, and I want to help you work through this. Like we get offended when people say that, mm. but now we got man, you're just you're judging me, man. You're just doing this, you're doing that. Well, do I want you to do? Do I want to lead you down the wrong way? If I just sit back and let you do what you're doing, what, how loving is that as me? Not loving, right? If I know that you're doing something wrong, and you claim you know who Jesus is. Right, you're wearing the brand name that says Christian on it. Preach. Right, to be Christ like. And I go to you as a brother, as a sister, and be like, Hey, like this is an area where I see that you can you, uh, you can improve and you get offended and you say, I'm not loving. Well, what is loving? Is is it loving for me to just let you go off and do what you want to do? Mm. Right? The most us the the no the, the I, I man, I forgot what verse in the Bible, but the most unloving thing that anyone could do is just allow you to do what you're doing, knowing that what you're doing is wrong, right? God says it time and time again. He says, like, he gave them, he gave the people to their evil desires. Like, the worst thing that God could ever do is to allow you to continue to sin. Like, imagine that. Like, God loves us, and he corrects us, and he disciplines us in a way where he wants us to change, where he wants to be more like Jesus. And if someone were to come to you and be like, Man, like this is this is a flaw I see in your life. Not saying that I myself is perfect, right? So you have to approach it with humility, right? And you have to approach approach it with grace and with truth. But also you have to be like, hey, like let me walk through this with you together, you know. And then also as somebody who's going to be receiving the correction, you have to you have to go into it humbly, like willing to receive. Because what kind of player would Nate be? Is if his coach came to him and coach started trying to coach him up on something that he's doing wrong, and Nate was like, "Well, I don't see you doing it." Well, of course you don't see him doing it. He's the coach. But I guess that was a bad example. But like, just just be humble and willing to willing to receive the correction because um, being called out like that's that's love. Because think about how 
difficult it'll be for the person to try to call you out because that's an uncomfortable situation for you to have to go up to your friend your brother sister and be like hey listen um i see this in you and how you respond will determine whether or not they'll continue to let you know when you're struggling because if you respond in a hostile way then they'll feel uncomfortable and be like okay well maybe i just won't let them know next time so just make sure you're able to receive that correction with a uh, understanding and humble heart I think with that, like what Caleb was saying, like when receiving that information, um, the way someone can take it can also be a reflection of pride. Like if if you're taking that and you're like, oh, no, you're wrong. Like, oh, no, like I don't see that in myself. Like you need to be able to understand that someone else is com- calling you out for this and saying this in in uh, in a loving way. And it's not it's not to hurt your personal personal self, but it's uh, it's to it's not out of. It's not out of hate. Sorry, Caleb Coley. Why are you giggling? My boy Johnny Kim j- just made me laugh, but... <laughs> Johnny, stop making him laugh. Okay. Finish, Matt, Matt. Um, so, yeah, it's it can be a check on the person's heart. Like, we, should, we, should, we shouldn't be uh, annoyed by criticism, especially with brothers in Christ. Like, we should have that culture where we can call each other out, be with each other, and it should be out of love, so... Yeah, and one thing we say on the football team is we're not calling people out; we're calling people up. Hallelujah! So we need to look. Amen. It it doesn't need to be an offensive thing. It needs to. You need to look at it as look at it as if people are calling you to a higher standard, rather than saying, "Oh, you suck at this." You know, it's it's not saying like <laughs> you're bad at this, and I'm making fun of you because of it. But I'm trying to help you see what you're doing wrong, and I'm trying to call you up to do better than that. Yeah, yeah. I think the big thing is just don't be, like, accusatory of somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, if you see somebody doing something wrong, don't come at them like you're prosecuting them Facts. and trying to, you know, put them in, I don't know, some sort of religious prison, religious timeout because they yeah. did something wrong. Yeah. You know, like, you have to come at it humbly. And I think the other thing is if you if you see, like, one of your friends or somebody does something that you don't like, I think as a, whether you're an accountability partner or just a teammate or a friend, you got to be able to I don't think the best option is to just immediately go like, okay, yeah, you did this thing, uh, but it's okay, you know, whatever, it happens because, you know, Christ is a better forgiver than you are a sinner. Well, yes, that's true, but we can't just condone that action and have this Jesus insurance where, oh, because he did something wrong, Jesus saves. Well, yes, he does, but if somebody comes to you, whether it's, I don't know, they messed up in some aspect of their life, you got to be like, listen, like, that's not okay. Like, you can't do that, you know? Like, it says, but like, some verse in the Bible, like, it says you can't do that, but there's grace there. You know, just don't immediately come at them. Like, just make sure that we're not always just, oh, grace, 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 grace. Yes, but just be careful with that, you know? Don't mm-hmm. go overboard with it. God is still mm-hmm. the wrath of God, or God of wrath. He's so, just. yes, he's very merciful and has a lot of grace for us, but he's also the God of wrath. Facts. Facts. I think we skip over that a lot. And I just want to I just want to highlight, there's so much joy in this room right now. We got laughing and giggling, you know, just enjoying this. Because, you know, it's just, it's just so good <laughs> to be in a room full of believers that is just on fire and joyful, you know. So you hear laughing and giggling. Yeah. We're laughing and giggling, but we're still extremely serious about this. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, most definitely, man. Like, you, all, all great. <laughs> all great points, man. Like I said, it's not just, it's not just for the receiver, right? I think Corner. how you receive correction how you receive criticism um is a real shine a real uh signal to how mature you are right mm-hmm. in, in your faith walk but i think also 
and Noah touched on this is how how you articulate that, how you share that with others, and you have to do it in a way where you're not minimizing grace for truth, nor are you minimizing uh, truth or grace, but it has to be equal, right? It has to be an equal amount of grace and equal amount of truth. Just how, you know, Jesus is a perfect example of how he would be able to, like, I think of um, with the woman he caught with adultery, right? When he said, hey, he who, who without sin cast the first stone, they all walked away. Then he looked at her, he's like, hey, did, where are your accusers at, right? He's like, listen, I don't, I'm not going to cast stone at you, right? I forgive you, but go on and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Right, like I, I'm gonna give you grace, and I forgive you, and I love you, but I don't want you to continue to repeat the act over and over and over and over again. So, with grace comes also correction, and a cause that a cause comes action to be like, yes, there's God's grace, but it doesn't mean you abuse that grace to continue to condone the the the, the sin that you're doing. The grace is used of man, like I don't have to feel this guilt and shame that the enemy is trying to make me feel, but I can walk in purity now. I can walk in, in a new life, knowing that I'm not a slave to what I was doing and christ has given me the strength to be able to walk in the new you know so i think that like i said having grace and also having truth really helps with being able to articulate that and understanding that helps us to be able to take that in, in a mature way well said well said so, you know i wish we had a camera in here man so we can see some, <laughs> we can see some of y'all babies, man. One thing I'd say about comparison is that a lot of it, I feel like, comes from expectation as well. Like, here, like, there's this whole big, oh, this is Big Ten football stigma. You know, like, there's a huge expectation, which makes you, makes you sit here and compare yourself, one, to other um, conferences and to other teams. And it also makes you look and be like, oh, that player doesn't deserve to be Big Ten football. You know, like, he doesn't deserve to be here. He can't play Big Ten football. And, you know, like where I was before, we never, we were never like, oh, this is ACC football, you know. And so I think there's a big, there's a big, uh, you get a lot of comparison based off of uh, expectation from other people. Mm. It's so hard to live our lives like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so hard to live our lives with just being buried under, I have to live up to this certain expectation that these people put above me. Right. Right. And all, all that leads to is just failure, right? Mm-hmm. All, I mean, if we, if we, our expectation is like all the way up here, and it's like, listen, man, like, I'm human. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, I'm right here. And all, all that's going to lead to is just failure, right? With, with unmet expectations, it leads to resentment, it's going to lead to bitterness, it's going to lead to you feeling like, like a failure, feeling like I'm not worthy enough, I'm, I'm, I'm not qualified enough, like God made a mistake. Like, it, it's, I mean, even as athletes, like, it's so hard. For athletes and I see it all the time when we just try to live up to people's standards we try to live up to people's expectations and that's not to say I think Caleb mentioned this earlier that's not to say that we don't strive to be the best version of ourselves right that's to say that we don't strive to try to be the best right um, because I think that we should I think that's a healthy thing to want to be good at what God has given us to want to um, continue to enhance our skills and the abilities that God has given us but to an extent where it's not making us feel less joyful about where God's placed us at. Mm-hmm. I, I think as Christian athletes, it's the type of thing where we should have the most powerful motivation of anybody. I mean, other people, like, let's say you have somebody on my team who is motivated by the expectations that coach puts on them. You know, coaches, I want you to run this time or be this place or be this guy on the team. So their motivation is coming out of a place of, of maybe fear or maybe pride, whereas my motivation and the motivation of Christian athletes is... 
and the motivation of Christian athletes is that, you know, we we are striving and doing everything that we possibly can in our power, you know, to show qualities and traits of Jesus to us while pushing ourselves. So my motivation comes from trying to be the best version of myself so I can best portray Jesus, best portray, you know, the Lord's and his qualities. I like that. And I think that's big, especially sometimes people get this idea of when they get in that, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this for God that, you know, let's say I race bad. God's, you know, this guy in the stands who's up there like, oh, Noah, you didn't have a good race, so I'm just going to sit up here and be sad or be upset at you. Whereas that's not what, oh, if I do well, God's up there clapping and everything. Like, no, God just wants to be with you. He wants to compete with you. You know, he wants to be a partner in this action. And so I think just just being careful and just knowing that your motivation shouldn't come extrinsically from coaches or even intrinsically for this desire to perform it should come from God and your ability to be the best athlete that you can to exude his qualities and that no yeah I agree um like for me and my like what I do as a kicker there's a lot of expectations to be perfect and you know when people sit here and tell me you have one job you kick a football you should be able to do it why can't you put it through the uprights every single time? You know, I set that standard for myself to sit here and be perfect. And once you realize that you're never going to be perfect because the only person who was ever perfect was Jesus, then that relieves a whole lot of stress from you um, and just makes it, it just sets me free to play however I want to play. You know, I don't have this huge weight on my shoulders every single time I go out to kick a football because I know that I'm not defined by my sport and I know that I don't have to be perfect. I can go out and I can miss and God's going to love me no matter what. If I make the kiss, make the kick or miss the kick, God's not going to love me any more or any less. With that, um, something something that I've been thinking of lately is um, just just seeing my sport uh, as a sense of gratitude. Like we we see our we see our sports as sometimes a burden. And I've heard um, why why did we first start our sport? Um, a lot of us started our. <laughs> What's funny? That was so funny. Jonathan Kim's making me laugh. But <laughs> Why is it always me? With that, so a lot of us started our sport. Um, we, we were having fun. We were just kids having fun. And if we take a look back on like how, how our journeys through our sports have been, like there have been times where we've been like, we, we just don't want to do it. And if you look back at those times, like all for me personally, a lot of those a lot of those times I'm just thinking like, man, I got to do something. I got to do this to impress this person. I got to do this to please, to to make a travel roster, whatever it is. Like we're doing it out of, honestly, for me, it's just been selfish. Um, and having that attitude of gratitude, having that attitude of gratitude mm. um, Rapping. <laughs> is is a better mindset because I can, I can go out on, on the course and just think like, man, I'm so lucky today that I get to just go go race my hardest and see the best i can be today do you ever get in a slump with that mindset like do you, is it how how difficult is it to keep that mindset consistently i think it's very tough especially when you're not when you're not performing to your to your best ability maybe like if you're if you're not for me personally running to the ability that i i've set for myself or coach or whoever it is that i've seen in training it's tough but reminding myself of those truths like i'm accepted in christ i have the power of god like i'm secure just like i have bracelets on my wrist like that just reminds me those little things like it just flips a switch in my head and i can get back to where i was before the race or before or before like maybe it was a bad race and all that and i can go back to where i was um pre 
say something goes wrong. So. Do you think that people's best ability can change? Like your best today might not be your best tomorrow, or is it a pretty black and white type of best? I think it can change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the standards that we set, um, sometimes they can be like unrealistic. Like people, people can say that they they should be doing something that's really totally unreasonable and it can just lead them to being like um what's what's wrong like why didn't i do that but i think it's important to set realistic goals because if you don't then you're gonna always be upset with yourself and it's tough to keep that mindset of gratitude like i was saying earlier okay okay so i've heard this a lot at the church i grew up with grew up in and i wonder what are your thoughts on it like setting should we set realistic goals when the God we serve is so large and so big that like, do we even know what realistic is? Like in in high school, I didn't know if me coming to play college football my sophomore year was realistic, but then junior year came around and it became realistic. So what do you think about that, Matt, Matt? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like we serve the the God of the universe. Like we, none of us know like what he's capable of doing in our lives and and all that and I think it, it it is important to set unrealistic goals sometimes um whether it's it's important to to set really big goals but I think it's also important to like know the reality like mm. like God can do so much and it it's not our responsibility to know what he can do so Perhaps. we we need to we need to prepare as hard as we can but then leave the rest to God but if he doesn't do it you must praise him anyway this makes you think Amen. about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, they was going to praise God regardless mm-hmm. if they lived or not, but they wasn't going to praise no other God. Mm-hmm. But the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end. Amen? Amen. 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 Listen, this I want to say this to close. Like All the things that we're saying, it's, it's funny because people from the outside world are not going to understand what we're saying. Right? They're going to take everything that we said about sports, about comparison, about all those things and be like, what in the world are these guys talking about? Like, that's impossible. Like, how can you operate in a world thinking like that? And I just want to touch on one verse. It's Psalms 34, 8, and it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is a person who takes refuge in him? And in order to understand our joy, our happiness, our fulfillment that we have in Christ, um, you have to taste and see that he is good. Mm. And kind of like what Matt said, you have to give Jesus a chance, right? You have to taste, you have to fully surrender yourself to Christ, to his spirit, to be like, man, like, can I really, really, like, we want you guys to feel the love, the joy, and the peace that we have. We want, because Jesus has that for everybody. It's non-exclusive club. So if, 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 if we're able, as followers of Jesus, to share that, and for those who are listening to this, to be like, man, I actually want to know why these guys are so happy and giggling and how they love each other and how they're having so much joy in the midst of this sport. Um, Jesus is the answer. So I, I just want to really, really touch on that. So, yeah. yeah. I think one thing that's big on that is not being not being too hard on yourself, too, if, if you're not necessarily there yet. You know, like the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, like, all these are these great qualities and these great things that we have on earth here, like through Jesus. And if you're not quite there yet, 
going back to comparison, you know, you can't be like, oh, this person is, you know, more joyful than me, so that must mean they're a better Christian than me, so I'm a bad Christian because I'm not joyful. Well, no, you know, he said take refuge in Christ. Like we are talking earlier, you just got to really know that he is your rest. You know, when, when Jesus is tired and when he's just fatigued and everything, he always goes to pray. That was his rest. That was what he would do to recover and to rest and to feel better. And, and in sports, you know, he was talking, Matt was talking earlier about, oh, why did you originally get into your sport? People see the sport as a burden. And I think that's a real thing, like a burnout and just difficulty. That's a real thing and a real thing that even Christian athletes deal with. And so I think just, you know, sometimes taking some downtime, just like reconnecting with Christ and reconnecting with those fruits of the Spirit is something huge and something that can just dramatically change a, a person's life. And, and not being too hard on yourself and judgmental about yourself if, if you're working towards that. You know, you're a step in the process. You're in the midst of where God wants you to be and trying to find the grace and the mercy and like the love that God has for you in the midst of that suffering and in the midst of that uh, can be huge. So just finding rest, finding recovery and really putting your faith in that refuge in Christ can just dramatically change a person and how they view their sport in their life. So, With, with that, um, I think Jesus is the only one who's going to meet you where you're at. Like, you can have so many coaches, teammates, all that. Um, they, they can look at you, but to f- be accepted by people of this world, like, they're going to have expectations for you. Like, whether, whether you're trying to make a team, like a coach is, like, is going to be like, run this, do this, make this many tackles, whatever. Jesus isn't saying that. He's saying come to him as you are. And that's so, so encouraging because there's nothing that we can do that he won't forgive. Like he loves Amen. us so much. He sent his one and only he sent his one and only son to die for us. So Amen. so it's just that's that's the encouragement I have for the non believers and Jesus loves you so much. So that's all I gotta say. <clears throat> uh, uh, what do you say? Jesus love you today, tomorrow. Okay. He can wipe away all that sorrow. Hey. I want some chicken in my tummy. Eating real good, it's real yummy. Yum. My homeboys need to hype me up. They need to get lit for your boy. Hey. I need to hear more voices. Come on. Nate, hype me up. Look, we in the studio, we preaching for the God studio. God good every day, you know it's hostile. Every day. I'm feeling real good when I wake up. Cause Jesus Christ is the reason I woke up Yes sir He rose in three days So you know I'ma praise him God good, real good So we praise him Yeah Hallelujah God bless <laughs> Alright guys That was the um, <laughs> That was just a little spice For your nachos um, So Nate I'll give it to you man Hey man This is a great episode Fun episode This is a Car Effect Podcast We real we laugh, we have fun, we talk about what we love, and we share the gospel, man. So, appreciate all y'all for tuning in. Next episode, we're going to have Matt Matt spit that verse. TBD, TBD. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, family member, or anybody that you think would benefit from listening to this. If you feel led to support this podcast in any way, please feel free to do so. Let me know what you guys want to hear or any subject that you guys want me to talk about in my next episode. Always remember to keep God first. And I encourage you today to stay hungry and stay humble. See you next time on the Carter Effect Podcast.